Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you have insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. How do you know you're not overpaying? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a technology company that securely connects with your insurance and reviews your claims for overbilling, wrong codes, and even fraud. To date, HealthLock has saved its members over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hi, I'm Molly Jongfast, and this is Fast Politics, where we discuss the top political headlines with some of today's best minds. And Mitch McConnell says impeachment ought to be rare and that it's not good for the country. Mm, I wonder what else is not good for the country. We have such a great show for you today. Democracy Dockets, Mark Elias, joins us to talk about the latest voting rights issues, including Ohio's issue one. But first we have the one and only Mary Trump shows, Mary Trump. Welcome back to Fast Politics, Mary Trump. Thanks, Molly. How are you? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I'm actually in Europe right now and I'm coming home tomorrow. And I've been we've been on quote unquote vacation. <laughs> but so because I was on vacation, I was at a television studio doing uh, a television <laughs> hit because that's what one does on vacation. Yeah. And um, this producer was like the, the, the host goes like, well, I mean, this is history. This is historic. And... I was like, it's happened three other times. What the hell is happening? <laughs> yeah, I we're all a little bit inured to this at this point, I think. And that's a problem. Right. And I'm talking about the new federal indictment uh -huh. for Donald Trump, the one where he we we finally get to see he's in trouble for doing all the stuff we saw around the 2020 election. Yes, almost uh, three years later. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's troubling for a couple of reasons. And I'm, I'm with you in the sense that every time something like this happens, I feel less. I felt nothing about this indictment except, OK, this could have happened a year and a half ago. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel that it was 
anything to be happy about or solemn about or anything. So the problem there is that it's just another way in which Donald manages expectations in his favor. You see this with his all caps, insane tweets. He says the most vile, vicious, violent things and people shrug and say, yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's just what we would expect. If it were anybody else, we we would do something about it, but it's him. So he keeps getting away with it and pushing the envelope. And by the same token, because this is the third indictment, I now see people saying, well, this is so much more serious than the other two, which is just false. I, I mean, right. yes, it's it's incredibly serious, but you cannot tell me that we know enough yet to see, to say that the stealing of national security doc, classified national security documents isn't a big deal. We don't know what he did anything with them, if he did anything with them, if he implicated anybody because he stole them and potentially showed them to our enemies or what have you. And I'm also really tired of people referring to the New York case as, you know, hush money. It was an attempted election fraud and potentially successful attempted election fraud. So, you know, it's once again, none, none of it's cumulative. It's like, oh, well, this terrible thing happened and has been replaced by the next terrible thing that happened and has been forgotten. And, and yeah, and that's that's also like one of his strategies. It's, uh, you know, just flooding the zone, which is, I guess, what Steve Bannon has has counseled yeah. him to do time and time again. It's funny, though, because it's like so here you are trained psychologist and also niece of yeah. the defendant. Do you find like the thing I'm struck by with him is that he is like it's almost and it's funny because it's like I come from a crazy kind of family, not quite, not, not, not quite as ethically so as you, but do you feel like what you're seeing here is a person who has been able to really run roughshod through American democracy? Yeah. <laughs> Just as he's run roughshod over everybody. Yeah. He's been allowed to his whole life. And that's the problem here. I, I don't give a shit about Donald anymore in the sense that I haven't for a long time felt that he was the problem. The right. problem is anybody who enables him. Do I feel that he has deteriorated? Yeah, I do. I think that his impulse control is co- very compromised. But we also have to remember that sometimes it is just strategy. One of his his um, negotiating strategies used to be to come into a boardroom when a deal was about to be signed and actually throw a temper tantrum until the other side, which was pressed by time constraints, agreed to a deal that was less in their favor than the original deal he'd agreed to. Uh, You know, so a lot of what he's doing is just throwing temper tantrums. Okay, that's what he does. Uh, Is it strategic or is it simply because he's decompensating? I don't care. What I care about is a legal system that allows him to endanger the lives of potential jurors, prosecutors, judges, and their families. What the fuck is happening? Like, why is he allowed to engage in the kind of rhetoric that gets people killed? It seems like to me he is both diminished and inevitable. Oh, I love that. 
I mean, I hate it, but it's brilliant. Right. I mean, I that's the thing I'm struck by is like he doesn't have the same power he used to. You know, it used to be he would tweet about you and you would get 100 death threats, right? You'd have people going into hiding. I mean, I don't. And again, I'm not saying that 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 you know, what he does do now is somehow better. It's just that he doesn't have the same kind of army, largely because a lot of those people went to jail (laughs) and they have actually been punished. But it's just interesting to me because so, you know, you saw that. I mean, I'm sure you saw the video of him with this second federal indictment and it's just him and one other person. No, you know, none of the kids, none of the pomp, you know, just this sort of 77-year-old man going in for his third indictment, and yet he is crushing everyone else in the polls. And Uh Republicans are, you know, you see Mitch McConnell, who is, you know, the man who made all his dreams come true, stole three Supreme Court seats for him, Uh uh, being booed and screamed that he should retire. (laughs) Yeah, listen, this this is the bed the Republican Party has made for itself, and... What I find fascinating, and they deserve every all of it for sure. Uh, yes, of course, exactly. What I, what I find fascinating is their lack of ability to see beyond their own egos, their own narcissism, and their own short-term victories. And I think part of that is because their goal is to destroy American democracy now, because this may be their last attempt to for them to claim to cling to power no matter how illegitimately, but somebody like DeSantis, if he could get out of his out of his own way, would have understood that the thing to do is wait. Right. Or preferably the candidates, not Donald, would have understood that this is their opportunity to change course and attack him as the pathetic loser he is. And not just as loser personally, but a loser for the Republican Party, because otherwise they risk losing everything. You know, right. if they were willing to attack him in the way he deserves to be attacked by his opponents in the primary, they won't win the presidency in 2024. But it sets them up better going forward, especially as there's no at the moment, no clear successor to Biden even though, of course, there should be. But, you know, racism and misogyny reign supreme right. in America. That part's also just very weird to me that the reluctance, because the base is um, the base is what are they going to do if Donald loses the, the, the primary or or is it running? Are they just going to stay home? I don't think so. Right. The thing that is such an interesting problem that Republicans have now, right, is they have this candidate who has lost them every election since 2016, every single one. Including 2016, except for a technicality. Right, exactly. And they are pretty sure they're going to be okay. Which, you know, <laughs> look, maybe they will be. The Electoral College is, is a funny thing. And it's funny because I think that the, the thing that has been just so disappointing about these Republicans and Look, I mean, there there are so many things to be disappointed with this Republican Party. But the thing that I've been struck by is just how stupid they are. Like, you know, everybody gets behind if they had found a normal candidate and gotten everyone behind him like Democrats did in 2020. Right. I mean, they there was a moment where it became clear 
that everyone was going to have to figure out who the most electable candidate was and get behind them. And and all of a sudden, even though a lot of people loved Elizabeth Warren and a lot of people loved Mayor Pete and this and that, they just were like, we just have to get behind the guy who can win. And the calculus was that Joe Biden was the guy who could win. And so Democrats fell in line because they did yep. not want to lose. And I don't think of Democrats as such mercenaries, but uh-huh. these Republicans are a mess. Yeah. And and as for for 2020 and Biden, I, I think he was like my seventh choice in, right. in uh, the primary. But when it became clear. Right. That he could win. Right. Well, or that he was going to win the nomination for sure. We fell in line, which, you know, what's the expression? Republicans fall in line. Democrats fall in love. Right. Uh, for the first time, perhaps ever, we fell in line because we understood what was at stake. And then I think it was the combination of, of the two, because Joe Biden is a decent human being who cares about American democracy. You know, he may he may go about trying to save it in a way that I don't necessarily think is the most effective way. But uh, he's been the best president in my lifetime. Well, I'm in London right now. They keep raising the interest rates in this country. They are uh, completely screwed. I mean, we are, you know, we have banks uh, saying that they're going to lower, you know, they're going to raise the projections. Now they're not seeing a recession. They're seeing a soft landing. And that was unthinkable two years ago. I mean, they're building chips. They're building trains. I mean, they're not. Our inflation is controlled. I mean, I'm sorry, but if a Republican had done this, I would be fucking impressed, too. I mean, it's unbelievable. It is unbelievable. I do think that the guy does not get a ton of credit for any of that. And the polling is still pretty scary. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to pay attention to polls quite yet, although we always have to understand that the mainstream media is not our friend and, and shockingly is not the friend of uh, democracy, which is weird because journalism needs democracy in order to strive. But I guess if if the bottom line is really the only thing you care about, uh, you don't really care about journalism either. But uh, I think with the Republicans, they continue to make the same calculus. They don't need Trumpism, so-called, to scale because they're not going after uh, a majority. This is a policy-free party of grievance, racism, misogyny, and anti-immigrant hatred, and and increasingly LGBTQ plus hatred. They have no ideas beyond cutting taxes for obscenely wealthy people and just hating people. So I think... They must on some level understand that it's too late for them to become a party of policy. So they have to, much like Donald does, they have to double down on the things that turns most people off, but keeps enough people in the game fighting for them that if they can just cheat around the edges, it might be enough. You know, those those electoral college numbers uh in 2016 and 2020 are the things that should be keeping all of us up at night. Right. Because Joe Biden didn't win by 8 million votes. He won by like 77,000 or 44,000 or some some horrifyingly tiny number. Uh, so I think that's why we see we see them making the kinds of moves they're making in Ohio, for example, and and making it more and more difficult for ballot, ballot initiatives that would get people to the polls for Democratic initiatives harder and harder. Uh, they're making that Alabama just told told the Supreme Court to take a flying leap 
because they're, they are not going to change their congressional map denying Democrats at least one or two seats. That's what they're going to keep doing because they know that's their only chance. So I don't know that it's stupidity as much as it's cravenness. And I mean, it's stupid. Like, I, I think that, you know, you look at people like Jared Kushner or Ron DeSantis or Mike Pence, narcissism in its extreme form makes you stupid. Yeah. You know, the, the fact that Mike Pence thinks that he can win the presidency, the fact that Ron DeSantis thought this was the time for him to run. That these are just bizarrely idiotic moves. Right. But I think the the larger issue and the more dangerous one is they have no principle core principles. They have no they don't care about American democracy. They only care about their own power. Yeah, exactly. And it is kind of it's a pretty stark realization. So let me ask you, I always feel like I hate to ask you this, but I feel like you have an insight here. Where does this go? What does he do? I think I have an idea, but you tell me what you think. I'm very curious to see what happens tomorrow in the hearing. I thought it was a good sign that the prosecution in D.C. uh, flagged it for the judge and that they made the decision to get a protective order. I thought it was a good thing that the judge denied Donald's team (laughs) they needed more time to respond to, I don't know, it's absurd, denied his team's appeal to have it delayed. So I'm very curious to see what happens there. And then it's hopefully it's something serious enough that it will put Donald in a position of having to change his behavior. I don't think he can anymore. Yeah, I think I think he'll continue to double down, triple down, quadruple down on his egregious behaviors because at some level he knows that's all he's got left. You know, he's nothing else to offer. It's just grift and grievance and this pretense that somehow he's he's saving everybody else from being pursued by the DOJ. I personally don't worry about that because I haven't betrayed my country and I haven't stolen classified. Maybe, maybe the his base has has done things that we're not aware of. But <laughs> you know, he's really the only person whose whose future and freedom are on the line here. But he knows what's worked because he's always gotten away with it. And it will be very interesting to see if, for the first time in over seven decades, this person is told this much and no more. And if you cross that line. We'll see you in in jail, right? Or you know, we'll ask you to put up a bail of hundreds of mil. I don't know what her. I don't know what the recourse is here. But I think he's already setting up this this dichotomy here. Either I get to say whatever I want because First Amendment, or I'm going to get persecuted for exercising my First Amendment right to free speech and then martyred. I think that's what he's banking on, and I don't think he would be wrong, quite honestly. Mary Trump, thank you so much for joining us. You are the best. Thanks, Molly. I'm really happy to be here with you. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. 
OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Picasso knows your vacation home is your best home. It's the place that brings family and friends together. It's where you're the best version of yourself. Picasso makes it easy to co-own a luxury vacation home in amazing locations. Listings start at 200K for one-eighth ownership. Picasso does the hard parts for you. Luxury furnishings, maintenance, billing, scheduling, and more with a home management team that provides support before, during, and after your stay so you can focus on the relaxing, hosting, and making memories with family and friends. And you can resell on Picasso's marketplace anytime, historically for a 10% gain. With Picasso, you can stop saying someday and start building family traditions today in a vacation home you own and revisit time after time. Visit Picasso.com today to see thousands of luxury vacation home listings. That's P-A-C-A-S-O.com. Mark Elias is the founder of Democracy Docket. Welcome to Fast Politics, Mark. Thanks for having me. Delighted to have you. So uh, first, I want to talk to you about something that when this podcast airs will be decided, though it seems like it's happening right now, which is this Ohio vote. Look, the Republicans as a whole in this country are no longer a majority party, and they know that. They no longer actually, in most areas, seek to compete in arenas where getting 50% of the vote is enough to win. So if you think about their strategy around the Electoral College or the Senate, 
it's all around how do they win majority power with a minority of voters. So it's it's no surprise that in Ohio, where Democrats and progressives put a pro-choice ballot initiative on the ballot, that the Republican reaction was to then try to change the threshold for a ballot initiative passing from 50% to 60%, because they know they will lose in a head-to-head on the choice issue where the threshold is 50%. So let's talk for a minute about what's happening in Alabama, because we have a Republican state party which is going against the Supreme Court, the very conservative Supreme Court. Yeah. And by the way, underappreciated in this whole Alabama drama is the fact that the three-judge panel, right, the trial court, which is in this case a three-judge panel, is two judges appointed by Donald Trump and one who was originally appointed by Ronald Reagan. Right. So, So it's really something. But Alabama is showing that despite Chief Justice Roberts saying times have changed, you know, that was his phrase in the Shelby County case. Apparently times didn't change that much in Alabama. Yeah. I mean, but but I mean, is there any mechanism to force them to make that district or no? Yeah. So, look, what happened is for those folks who have not been sort of following this blow by blow, Alabama created its congressional district. It created one majority black district. It was sued. My law firm was among those who wrote the litigation under the Voting Rights Act, saying that there needed to be two majority black districts, a three-judge panel, as I pointed out, two of whom, uh, two judges of whom were appointed by former President Trump, agreed there needed to be a second majority black district. Alabama went to the U.S. Supreme Court, thinking they'd get relief from it there. They didn't. The Supreme Court upheld that there needed to be two majority black districts. So Alabama, when the case came back down and it was now time for Alabama to draw two majority black districts, what did it do? It drew one majority black district. The second closest to a majority was 39%. So that's where things stand right now in court. The next step will be that the trial court will hold a hearing on August 14th to see whether a district that is 39% is greater than 50%, which the court will find it isn't. Uh, At which point, um, I think it's pretty clear the trial court will have its own special master draw a district. It's already uh, made preparations for its own expert called the special master, but it's essentially a professor who knows how to use mapping software. And so I think the way this drama ends in Alabama is the legislature gets to say it defied the court's order and the court uh, winds up having its own expert draw new. Yeah. And they've really had to twist Alabama's arm. Yeah, it's more than twist its arm. I mean, the thing about the Supreme Court's decision in Shelby County when it, when the Supreme Court said times have changed is that one of the things that Chief Justice said had changed is that you no longer had these predominantly Southern states disobeying or violating court decrees. Well, that's what we've seen here, right? It's, it, Alabama was under a court order to draw a uh, to draw two majority black districts, and you know, as I as I said uh, when they didn't, you know, that wasn't an invitation. It wasn't right. like uh, you know they were invited to do it and they could either come to a dinner party or not. They were ordered to do it, and when you fail to comply with an order. 
that's a serious thing. But that's where we are. States like Alabama don't want to comply with the Voting Rights Act and are are being forced to do so, which looks a lot like times not having changed very much. Right. And also just super upsetting as a person who believes in democracy. So so right now we are in this run up to 24. We're seeing Republicans quietly trying to sort of make it so their guy can win. What are the things you're seeing that are really worrying? Yeah. So, look, I think the way I describe it is that Republicans are trying to make it harder to vote and easier to cheat. The harder to vote is the voter suppression laws, right? We've seen them in state after state enact laws that target black voters, other minority voters, and young voters by throwing barriers up that are disproportionately aimed at them, either because they target urban areas that tend to have more Democrats, or because they target college campuses, which tend to have young voters who tend to be Democrats. So we continue to see that, and that has been a steady drumbeat now since You know, everyone will remember in 2001 when Georgia passed its omnibus voter suppression law and the Major League Baseball moved its all-star game, Texas passed its, right, all that. But the second part, though, I think, Molly, is the part that I think people don't pay enough attention to, which is that Republicans are trying to make it easier to cheat. And why do, what do I mean by that? All of these election subversion methods that they are engaged in, what Donald Trump did in 2020 was he tried to cheat. Right. At the end of it all, he tried to cheat. And when you have fake electors, that's just trying to cheat. And when you see election officials at the local level, their offices being infiltrated by these election deniers who are stealing data or otherwise engage in those kinds of behaviors, that's just cheating. So I think we need to be prepared, not just for voter suppression, but for this kind of election subversion that unfortunately has become quite normalized in the Republican Party. Yeah, it does seem to me like that a lot of the Trump defense now with these fake electors is, you know, this sort of almost like, is democracy really so great anyway? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think you see, you know, particularly among the apologists for Trump in the legal profession. I mean, you know, it's it's it is no surprise that when you look at the the Trump indictment in D.C., that at least five and potentially six, all six of the co-conspirators, the unindicted co-conspirators, were lawyers. And those lawyers and others on the outside are pretty much saying, you know, maybe this whole free and fair election thing isn't all it's cracked up to be. Right. That's in itself pretty shocking. It is shocking. It is unfortunate in so many respects, but it is extremely dangerous for the future of our country. Right. I mean, fundamentally, if one of the two parties in a two-party system, and one of the problems, people point to other countries and say, but there have been right-wing parties, Le Pen in France or Orban or, you know, whoever, but those are multi-party systems. So, you know, those systems can correct, hopefully, um, over time. But in a two-party system, when one of the two parties is essentially no longer committed to democracy and, you know, majoritarian rule, it's extremely dangerous because how do you have how do you have elections where inevitably Republicans are going to win sometimes, where the consequence of that may be these extremely anti-democratic results? 
Yeah, that is so incredibly, I mean, it just seems like there's no way. I mean, right now we've sort of relied on Democrats winning elections, but if, God forbid, that doesn't happen. I mean, I think a lot about those midterms because, you know, I thought if Carrie Lake ends up being governor of Arizona, we will never have another free and fair election in Arizona. You know, those points will not go to whoever wins. They'll go to the Republican. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that people may or may not know is, you know, in this country, in order to take office, whether it's president or Senate or House or governor or whatever, you need to be certified the winner. And in most states, the governor is integral to that. For presidential, the governor is integral to it in every state, right? right. The certificates that get sent to the National Archive and get sent ultimately to the Congress to be counted have to be signed by the governor of the state. To take a Senate seat, it has to be signed by the governor and countersigned by the secretary of state. So I think it was a re I think it was a real risk with a Kerry Lake and a real risk in the future that if you get an election denier in office, they simply will refuse to sign the certifications necessary for a Democrat to take an office. Right. And you could see a place where Republicans then decide this is how we're going to do it now. You were talking about Republicans cheating. What are the ways in which they're cheating? So, look, I think that they are cheating in a couple of ways. First is I would argue that the shenanigans we've seen in Ohio of raising the threshold from 50 percent to 60 percent or trying to do that is in itself a form of cheating. Right. It is moving an election threshold in a way that is fundamentally anti-democratic. I think the more conventional sense of cheating that people have are what the Republicans are doing around the takeover of local election offices. This periodically jumps up on the national radar screen, but because it's so diffuse, because it's all localized at the county or sub-county level, it oftentimes gets overlooked. But, you know, we have whole counties in America now that are administered by election. And we saw in the midterms, as smoothly as they went otherwise, you know, we, my firm had to sue Cochise County, Arizona, because Cochise County, Arizona was not going to accurately count and certify election results. We had to sue a county in Pennsylvania because it was refusing to certify accurate election results. Those kinds of activities at the local level are a form of cheat. And then of course, you know, I just have to add real quickly, there was an article in ProPublica about the mass voter challenges that we see Republicans engaged in in states like Georgia. And that also, I would argue, is a form of cheat. Yeah, I will say. What are you looking at now as we are in this run-up? We are looking at the states that in 2023 seem to be being targeted by Republicans for new voter suppression laws. So in Idaho, we saw a law that targets only college students. I mean, literally right. only targets college students. In Ohio, we saw a law that targets college students, but other groups as well that tend to vote more Democratic. We've seen Montana pass some anti-voting laws. North Carolina looks per, uh, prepared to potentially pass new voter suppression laws. So number one, we're, we're kind of always looking out for, for that. But number two, we're trying to, we're looking at the role of 
Trump-supporting MAGA extremists in the administration of elections because our system of elections relies on large numbers of local election officials and volunteers, and they have been under attack for years now. And that system of local election administration has been weakened. And so we are looking at what we can do in a variety of ways, including in court, to try to bolster the local election administration to make sure we have uh, free and fair elections next year. Yeah, it really is the only game in town, right? Free and fair elections. Mark, I want to ask you, do you think that in 24, you're, that these litigations are going to be sort of a regular thing? Yeah, I, I look, there was more, there were more cases filed in 2022 than there were in 2020. Yeah. Think about that. And yeah. I think that that will be true in 2024, both because Republicans, every time the demography of the country turns further and further against them, they have to go to more and more extreme measures to figure out how to win elections without a majority of the vote. So that requires them to engage in more and more extreme tactics. The other thing, though, Molly, is we have to acknowledge is that Donald Trump faces prison. Right. I watch some of the things he says on TV and his lawyers say on TV, and they think it's some political thing. Donald Trump has been indicted in two federal cases that if he's convicted in either of them would normally, and I think this instance would, would carry a, a term of incarceration. Yeah. And Donald Trump is a self-preservationist above all else. So if he was willing to go to extreme measures in 2020, just imagine what he'll be willing to do in 2024 when he thinks that the only way he avoids that is by winning the White House and pardoning himself. Yeah. Well, and also we've seen the very few, we've seen Republican senators who aren't even running for president going all in on, I mean, J.D. Vance tweeting about how, you know, these cases against Trump are cases against the First Amendment. There is almost no one sane left in that party. I play this game with folks sometimes. Think of the most moderate Republican, the most pro-democracy Republican you can in the Congress. That person voted against the John R. Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. That person voted against the Freedom to Vote Act, right? For all of the talk about Republican moderates, where are they? I mean, on, on democracy, they don't exist. There are a handful of Republicans in the House who have F ratings with the NRA. There are none of them, zero who voted for any of the pro-voter bills, including the Voting Rights Restoration Law or the Freedom to Vote Act. Yeah, unbelievable. Thank you, Mark. I hope you'll come back. Anytime. I'd love to. And now your moment of fuckery. Jesse Cannon. My junk fast. Donald Trump had a little afternoon rally this afternoon and ooh. The crazy was more crazy than usual, I feel like. I mean, I just think that with Donald Trump, we constantly see him doing the same shtick and he's doing it now. He did it on Hillary Clinton. He continually does it for whoever he's in competition with. And now he is turned his sights to Fannie Willis. During this speech, he said a lot of lies about Fannie Willis and they were gross and they were racist and they 
they were disgusting. And that is who Donald Trump is. And that is who he has always been. And for that, that little vignette is our moment of fuckery. That's it for this episode of Fast Politics. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear the best minds in politics make sense of all this chaos. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please send it to a friend and keep the conversation going. And again, thanks for listening. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. When you have insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. How do you know you're not overpaying? HealthLock can help. HealthLock is a technology company that securely connects with your insurance and reviews your claims for overbilling, wrong codes, and even fraud. To date, HealthLock has saved its members over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at Let'sMakeAPlan.org.